There's something better. Go ahead. Try. Welcome to episode four of The Spectacular Radio. I am Zach Joyner, the host and webmaster of Spidey-Dude.com, the grand poobah of the Spidey-Dude.com network. I am joined once again by Mr. Greg Bashansky. Greetings. And Mr. Jesse J. Garrett. Hello, folks. And uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about interactions now, we talked about this uh, last episode with Greg and Jen, but this episode, of course, it's the fan panel. Every other episode, we uh, get together and we discuss it in a little bit more detail and a little more depth. Um, but this time, we actually, uh, before we get to, uh, too far into it, we have a couple, we'll give you a quick rundown. We're going to do some news and we're going to do, do some emails first. And so we'll do the emails first. Uh, Greg, you're going to read the email out to me, and we're going to respond. Yeah, sure. First, I'd like to say Gerard couldn't be here. He was killed in action in Vietnam. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Gerard's feeling a little bit under the weather, and hopefully he'll be back soon, and we wish him we'll a speedy probably, recovery. Yeah, we'll see him actually with... Um, market when, when forces. Cover, uh, yeah, when we cover market forces. So All right. Okay, I will read this email. We, someone sent us a novel, so everyone, please <laughs> bear with us. Dear Spectacular Radio, your second episode continues to add to the uniqueness of the show you have here, as it offers listeners a chance to hear about the episode from two different points of view. In this case, from a point of view as opposed to, from, from a fan point of view, as opposed to a creator one. Please keep it up. To add in my two cents on some of the things you guys are talking about, I too was turned off initially by the character designs for the show. Since this was back in 2007, I sort of saw them and dismissed the show as, child, as a childish cash-in to the popularity of the Spider-Man movies. Due to Spider-Man 3, which wasn't bad, but was disappointing for me, and certain events in the comics. Quote-unquote. My feelings for Spider-Man were in, bad, were in a bad place by late 2007 and throughout 2008, to the point where, I, where I'd torn off all things Spider-Man. Because of this, I didn't even check out the show until 2009, where I was blown away by how it was nothing like, like I expected it to be. As a Spider-Man fanboy, I was shocked by how faithful the show was to the original comics, and like some of you guys mentioned in the last episode of the show, sort of became my go-to place to enjoy Spider-Man as opposed to the, to the comics themselves. It also meant my wait for season two was relatively short. In regards to the first episode, I am personally in favor of this new Vulture look. Whilst I wouldn't want them to change the comic book version's costume too drastically, I think for this show that new Vulture look, which reminded me of Marvel Knight's costume, was a pleasant change. A quick question. How do you guys feel the show stacks up against other recent Marvel animation efforts, such as Wolverine and the X-Men or Avengers or Smiley's Heroes? Well, that's all for now. I look forward to the next batch of episodes. Regards, Alex Evangelini. Oh, you know, that's a loaded-ass question. Very. <laughs> um, and here's the thing. And, and anybody that knows me and Greg, particularly, we you know that we very much don't enjoy the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. 
Uh, I have been on record. We <laughs> talked about the we talked about the pilot um, on Crawl Space. I talked about the pilot on Crawl Space. Um, there's been times I've enjoyed those that show. Um, they've not been very frequent, but I've enjoyed the show at times for what it was. Um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes to me is definitely the Justice League of Marvel Animation. I thought it was the one of the best, if not outside of this show, the best um, that Marvel had to offer. Wolverine and the X-Men, personally, I, I, I started on it, and I love me some Chris Yost. Y'all know I love some Chris Yost. Yeah. But I never finished the show. Which, um... So I, I probably watched probably about 10 to 12 episodes when I still had Nicktoons at the time. I think it suffered for being on a network that nobody watched. So there's that. Um, what else did he mention? He mentioned uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And, and we'll I think that was it. And that was about it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean it's not the 90s show. The 90s show is certain a bit of a nostalgia. But... Uh, I, yeah, I, I definitely think that it stacks well against uh, against Earth's Mightiest Heroes. My feelings on the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon can be summed up by using words that I shouldn't say on this podcast, because then Zach will have to edit them out. So we'll just leave it at that. As for Wolverine and the X-Men, I liked it. It had issues. I mean, the focus on Wolverine. I mean, I, now I don't mind Wolverine, but they really, really, really jobbed everyone else to him. But it did a great job in my favorite mutant, Magneto. I thought that was the best depiction of Magneto in animation. His powers were innovative, and he was a villain, but he was a grayish villain, whereas I like Magneto on the 90s show, but he was their ally way too often. I mean, did he ever fight them again after his first appearance? Yes, I think he did. But, I mean, he he was helpful to them way, way more often. Yeah, because we're making Apocalypse the main villain instead. Yep. I mean, which, at this point, you look at the X-Men movies, and he's been their ally more than their enemy. Well, he was their enemy in uh, the first three movies, and then he turned into their enemy again at the end of uh, first well, he was, class. Oh, yeah, I guess he, he he became a bad guy towards the end of the second movie again. Yeah, and, he's going to be their ally in the next one, but yeah. And um, and I'll just for, jump in no, there, I guess, wait, if you're and done. Wait, no, not yet. And as yep. for Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, I liked it a lot, although I think the last 12 episodes of the show are really weak because that was when Jeff Loeb had taken over Marvel Animation and he brought in Man of Action, who writes Ultimate Spider-Man and the current Avengers Assemble series, and I thought the show took a serious nosedive in quality once that happened. I mean, if you watch it... There's a stark difference. You can tell. But, yeah, it's the second best Marvel TV series, in my opinion. I thought it was, I thought those first... The first season and a half are terrific. Some of the best Marvel work ever adapted. Well, even the uh, appearance with Spider-Man was really good. It was. Uh, there was another problem there entirely, but it wasn't the fault of Yost or anyone else, and... Hey, yeah. Josh King got to reunite with Vanessa Marshall, although she was playing Madame Hydra there instead of Mary Jane, but although they <laughs> took him out of it before they replaced him with Drake Bell. Yeah. I mean Does that audio exist anywhere? Well I'm sure it exists in some Marvel archives somewhere. We'll never hear it. No one will ever hear it. It was released on a DVD or No, no it wasn't. But um yeah, Jesse, what do you think of uh Wolverine and the X Men and Earth's Mightiest Heroes? 
Oh, because I'm trying to debo your show from you, Greg. Uh, um, I think all three of these shows, Spider-Man, uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, Wolverine, the X-Men, and Avengers, had something in common, and that they all got canceled way too early. Agreed. And in two of the three instances, they got replaced by vastly inferior shows. Oh, you know Marvel Animation now is going to make an X-Men cartoon eventually. Oh, yeah. You know it's coming. And it'll probably be crappy. I think that yeah, all three of these shows had had very good storytelling and continuity going forward. I enjoyed all of them, uh, especially the Avengers. Because uh, like, yeah. I watched it with my girlfriend, and she has no knowledge of the show, but it can it can introduce you to these characters without without kind of playing to the movie audience like the new the new uh, show does. And yeah. same way with the X Men show. While I liked liked it, and the '90s show is always going to be my favorite, just purely based on nostalgia. Uh, I say it's probably a close close second. Yeah. And, um, well, that's our first and fan mail so far. So, guys, send more to spectacularradio at gmail.com. Send us emails. We love the attention. <laughs> Moving on. Who bought the Blu-ray? Not it. <laughs> Not it. Zach? But, to be, fair, to be fair, that's only because I don't have a Blu-ray player. Okay, your excuse. Gerard bought the Blu-ray, but he's not here. He had a couple of issues with it, which will, with it, which we will discuss. But um, Zach, what do you think of the Blu-ray? I think he's gone. Okay, he is. <laughs> he said BRB. Oh, right, right, I see it there. So um, I thought the Blu-ray was yeah. If I had, uh, I definitely plan on uh, scooping it up if I get a Blu-ray player. Because I mean, I think it's like what twenty something bucks. Yeah, it is. It's uh, twenty thirty bucks, but. The Blu-ray, okay, Gerard said in our Facebook group, everybody, that he thought it came off as a cheap cash-in for the movie, and let's be honest, it was. I mean, there were no new extras, the menus are a bit lazy, and it's the same cover as the Season 1 DVD set. But for me, all that extra stuff is gravy. The episodes look great, they sound great, I mean, I'm noticing, I've never seen the look the show look that sharp or the colors that vibrant and in some ways it was like watching it again for the first time I mean it was ter- it looks terrific so while I would have enjoyed more and more extras especially some of those deleted scenes that have only been shown at conventions at the end of the day the real meat are the episodes themselves that's what we're buying I mean everything else is gravy and this was a filet mignon those episodes do you think we'll ever get a special edition or a like bonus features put out? Well, Sony's never going to be making any other animated series again, and they're going to keep pumping out Spider-Man movies for as long as possible, so maybe. We'll see. This thing has been selling really well. At one point, I heard it was the second highest-selling Blu-ray on Amazon. Wow. Yeah. I can see them doing it. I mean, if, I mean, you think about it, if, they, can mar- if they can market this... And sell this with the movie coming out. The next one comes out, re-release it with you know commentaries or with deleted scenes, and it'll sell all over again. Yeah, well, I I just I don't see it. You know, I I don't see that happening personally. I don't either. But I'm like I but like I, it's just wishful thinking because they're going to keep pumping these movies out, and they're going to need to keep cashing in somehow. But as for commentaries, well, guys, Spectacular Radio is providing you the commentaries that Sony <laughs> won't. 
yeah, we we are a one stop shop for uh, behind the scenes and um, background information that you won't get. Uh, period. Mm-hmm. I I mean, when I I said this, I think when the last fan panel, I never expected to get the the access, the unprecedented access we've gotten just with these first couple episodes, and I'm really excited. I was, I mean, I I got my Blu-ray and I was giddy. I got it like almost a week later than Greg did because Greg's a jerk. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I popped it in. I've been binge watching. I, I watched the entire first disc and then the second disc. Now there are some cons, and, and, and Gerard was correct not here. I'm gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to channel my inner Gerard here. I already mentioned them, but go on. Oh, you did. Yeah, but go on, go on. No, I mean like like the menus yeah. were kind of icky. They're not the best menus in the world. Um, you can tell it's a, clearly a cash grab when you have the trailer to The Amazing Spider-Man 2 yeah. on the front of it. Uh, and then what hurts my soul is the fact that the there are cartoons based off of the Angry Birds. Seriously? I didn't watch any of the trailers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it exists. Yeah, it hurts my soul. Yeah, Am I the only one who's a stickler for good menus and DVD and Blu-rays? No. 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 Like, like it's a sign of quality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, we, we, we okay. Yeah. This was cash. Yeah, it was. But, so. It was, but like I said, the I've never seen the, the lines look this sharp on a show and the colors this vibrant. The episodes look and sound amazing. They could have easily done a cheap transfer and they didn't. No, they, they, I mean, they did the full... Well, it's Sony. Yeah, it is. They specialize in... Uh, Blu-ray. It's their product. And um, at the end of the day, I think the episodes are the meat. Everything else is gravy. And as far as the meat goes, this was a, well, a, a rare, delicious filet mignon. But I would have liked some more sides and more gravy. Right, right. You got the meat. No, no sides. Which is fine, because that's where we're going to fill that void. Yep. So, all right, moving on, I think. Moving on? Yeah, no, first, before we hit the episode, I would like to congratulate Vanessa Marshall. She's been all over Twitter lately. She's been promoting, uh, she was at a children's hospital recently as a, to um, lift the spirits of some kids because she's voicing the character in Star Wars Rebels, and last night, as of this recording, last night she got to announce Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen at the Shoah Foundation. So Mary Jane Watson announced the president. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's pretty darn cool. I gotta I gotta say. Yeah. So congratulations to her. Kirsten Dunst didn't do that. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Kirsten eat your heart out, Kirsten Dunst. Alright, so uh, no, I that's really cool. Uh, I'm glad that she uh she got to do that. Yeah, me too. So let's move on to the episode itself. Interactions. And um, this episode introduces a character who appeared for the first time in the big screen this past month. Yeah! this uh, How timely that we were releasing this in May when Electro got attacked by eels and somehow ate by them. I, uh... <laughs> no, I, uh... Greg, do you have a rundown for the episode, or are we just going to reverse it? No, no, I'll do a rundown. Okay, it opens at ESU. The Connors... Oh, before, are... uh, but let, me, let me do a proper introduction, then. Okay. 
so Greg, you're going to do the rundown of the episode. Sure. And then we'll discuss it. All right. Okay, we open at ESU. The Connors are experimenting on genetically modified electric eels. And Peter decides to walk Gwen home. And after he leaves, Max Dillon, who is working on their equipment, has an accident and gets shocked by both the cables and these genetically modified electric eels. Sounds familiar? <laughs> so Eddie Brock and the Connors rush rush Max to the hospital. They get him into a containment suit because he's just blasting off electricity because he these things mutated him, as we'll see into the second supervillain. And so... The next day at ESU, Peter is asked to tutor Liz Allen, much to, the, to their mutual chagrin, because she's failing bio, and um, she's a cheerleader. What do you expect? <laughs> My apologies to all cheerleaders everywhere. Yeah, yeah, man, dude. I no. Yeah, no, 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 no. no, no. I love cheerleaders. That's me. <laughs> I, I love I love cheerleaders too. Like, like, yeah, no. I had cheerleader friends, man. Yeah. Meanwhile, I, yeah. of course, I was I was a cool guy. <laughs> sure you were. Sure you were. <laughs> that was a cheerleader. <laughs> hey, how was hey hey? I was the one on the bottom looking up. <laughs> Good going, man. Okay. So anyway, with that viral. creeper beard of yours. So <laughs> hey, it's legendary. So, Leave it alone. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the hospital, Max Dillon grows impatient. The electricity is affecting his brain. He begins to lose patience, and he breaks out of the hospital. Be- Possible angry because he won't be able to adjust to this, and Connors isn't looking for a cure fast enough, in his opinion, because he's going a bit crazy. So, Max decides to go out to get a cup of coffee, and um, he can't drink it because he's just generating electricity everywhere. I can't even drink a lousy cup of coffee! And then, shit, and then crap happens, his powers begin to go crazy, and Peter's distracted from tutoring Liz, an ungrateful Liz, by Max, and he heads off, changes into Spider-Man, and attacks him without understanding that this guy needs help. And Max gets away and is later confronted by um, Dr. Bromwell, as well as officers DeWolf and Carter, and Carter threatens him, and again... Max unleashes his power and runs off again, while um, Peter feels regretful that he attacked Max instead of trying to help him the previous evening, and um, Liz decides that she wants to be tutored by Peter after all, because he stood up to her, and she respects that. So Peter goes to the SU, Liz shows up, and they talk about science, and Liz actually gets into it when Max shows up, and threatens them, Dr. Connors, to give him a cure right now. And while Eddie tries to distract him, because Eddie's a little bit nuts, the uh, teenagers escape. Peter changes into Spider-Man and tries to help both Max and the Connors, and um, Max won't hear any of this, and he declares himself Electro. And we have a very impressive fight scene, which ends with Electro being dunked into a swimming pool, and um, Liz pretends to be shallow anyway, even though she's appreciative of Peter's help. That's a good rundown. Thanks. No, I should have written no, the that, rundown, but yeah. No, that, 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 that's, I've let that part out. No, uh, good job on the rundown there, Greg. Uh, Jesse, give us your thoughts first. 
Well, um, Electro's always been one of my favorite villains ever since he was revealed to be the Red Skull. Oh, wait, no. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I knew somebody was going to mention that. <laughs> no, uh, I think in the span of a month, we've gotten two versions of Electro. One, really good. One, not so good. Not so good at all. Well, we got but Electro back in I think this is a... technically, but... Yeah, but Jesse's a new character. Well, yeah, He's well, a new, I, He's I a got new this. It's new to me, Greg. That's true. But, uh, yeah, within 20 minutes, this is a redesign of the character who just it completely, he completely sells it. He comes off sympathetic. He comes off like you, you understand why this guy is so angry. And the design of him I love. He, it, it's so much better than the standard starfish head. Agreed. Um, while, while still echoing that to an extent. But not no, it, it's not a face tattoo either. You know, it's not a, a crappy modernization That's a, of it. That face tattoo is awful. I hate that face tattoo. I would much rather him be now, Greg, Yeah. Now, Greg, you said that the electricity affects his brain or is affecting his brain. Yeah, I think I it don't. Is. I don't remember them saying that. Was that established? Okay. I guess I was. I think I, it's, a, it's more implied. Well, there's, a, it's not well really. there's a lot of electricity in actual brain chemistry, so I would assume that it is. Because if you look yeah, at him, I mean, yeah, it makes perfect pre- sense. If you look at him, he seemed pretty stable and easygoing before his accident. Yeah, and it's on one hand, you know, I think sympathetic villains are overdone, but on another hand, at the same time, I completely agree with how angry and how frustrated the guy feels. He just wants coffee. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> and I like that Peter is a complete jerk. Like he just attacks him unwarranted, and he he realizes his mistake he makes. One of the things that Max, and I think, uh, I think yeah. that kind of growth is good is good for the character. It shows that he's not he's not, you know, perfect. Yeah, one of the things that Max mentions is he was looking forward to meeting someone and having a life. And while that's the show's way of sort of spo- spelling out, he's not going to get laid ever again. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, if yeah, he can't I even sip well. coffee, I mean, come on. But, yeah, I thought it was a great depiction of Electro also. I mean, let's look at the core character of Electro over the years. I mean, what it comes down to is this is a guy with a lot of power who is not really smart enough to use it. If someone like Otto Octavius or Norman Osborn had Electro's powers, the city would be on its knees. But, um... And uh, I think in most subsequent retellings of Electro's origin, he's always... Implied to be smarter than originally, just being like a, a, a line wireman. Yeah. You know, here he looks like he's he's a pretty competent guy. Yeah. But I mean, you, he has the line saying that he wants to go back to college. So yeah. you get the idea that he's just kind of a blue collar worker, you know. Yeah, I mean, let's look at, for example, you you mentioned you, you mentioned the '90s show version of Electro. I mean, that Electro was pretty competent, and look at him, and nearly brought the UN and Shield to his knees, even though he was the Red Skull's son. That's Electro with a brain. <laughs> I mean that, and that's probably why, in some ways, that's one of the most radical revisions of Electro ever adapted. I mean, no Electro that I've seen has been the, the comic character. That's not a bad thing. And the comics, I mean, again, he's still a dumb guy with way too much power, but he's just a petty crook. Oh yeah, he, he's. I think he's. I think he's C level. C. I don't even know how to say he's B level. I mean, if if Osborne and Ock are the A-level villains, then Electro's definitely a B-level villain. 
Oh, he's B. Straight B. Yeah. Straight up. B. Where someone like, say, White Rabbit is a Z-level villain. Oh, man. And I think that's... uh... Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, you you cut out for a second there. But I I think that's one of the... uh... Oh, okay, that's what it is. Okay, dude. But uh, I think that's one of the things that works with his dichotomy between him and Spider-Man. He's stronger than Spider-Man, but Peter's a lot smarter. Much smarter. And that's that's what I like about the characters. He has to outsmart him. He has to use his brains. He's not just he can't he can't get away with punching him. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, he uses his brain and he outsmarts the guy quite easily. Even though he's in awkward situations, like that scene where he has to take the call from Aunt May while he's on the <laughs> tower, that's the sort of thing that can only happen to him. Oh yeah, that's that's what makes him Spider-Man. Yeah. Zach, what did you think of this version of Electro? I thought that this version was very strong. Uh, I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh my god, Electro! Because, yeah. Who is? Um, I don't think anybody is. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Electro is a fun character. He really is. And when done right, you can you can do a lot of things. Uh with him, visually he's a he's a fun character, and I thought that they did, you know, Greg ex, Greg uh, Wiseman ex, explained the the method of redesigning his costume in this episode, or excuse me, in the last episode, and I thought he did a really good job, you know, yeah. incorporating uh, the elements that needed to be go, to be done. So I, I I'd give it a, I'd give it an A plus for effort. I like Electro probably this is probably my second favorite Electro visualization that I've ever seen. Both conic and and not. Yeah, I mean, I definitely prefer him to the Electro we saw in the movie. I mean, he felt like a Joel Schumacher character. I mean, I know everybody's saying this, but it's true. It's never a good sign when you start getting comparisons to Joel Schumacher. And Sony better and realize I, I that. I thought quick. that in the theater. I was watching yeah. it and I thought, "Wow, Batman Forever." Yeah, I know. He felt like Edward Nygma. He was making love to the soundtrack, also. Right, that's never a good sign. Let's talk about yeah, some this other... Mo- this yeah. show, this episode did in 20 minutes what that movie couldn't do in two and a half hours. Exactly. I mean, let's see, Electro appeared in the 60s show. I think he was just a petty crook there. And Was he an amazing... Yeah, he introduced Video Man in Amazing Friends. Our good friend Brad Douglas' favorite show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I thought... I thought that he did a good job. And then we, um, and then he was in the 90s show where he was the aforementioned Red Skull's son at, in the Six Forgotten Warriors arc. I have not seen that, those episodes in close to 20 years now, but, um, I remember watching it for the, for, for the first time and thinking, uh, okay, I mean, it was a departure, but I'll be honest, uh, I'll be honest, when I was, yeah. I'll be honest, I'll take that over the uh, Mark <laughs> Webb, Jamie Fox Electro that we got. Although I wouldn't mind seeing Django Unchained 2 Electro Boogaloo. <laughs> Electro defeats the Confederacy all by himself. Yeah. That's Electro, the D is silent. 
<laughs> yes, I love Django Unchained. And um, I know he was in... Was he in the MTV show? Yes, yes. he was. Yes, yeah, it's was. been a while. He's kind of ultimized. Right, right. And I know he was in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon voiced by Christopher Daniel Barnes. But I've never really? seen those what? episodes, so... Wait, he was... He was... Yeah, and Ultimate Electro no, Cartoon was voiced, really? was voiced by Christopher Daniel Barnes. I haven't seen the I episodes, not, so I don't know. I, never, I knew the voice sounded familiar, I never, but it never dawned on me. That's, that's both cool and sad at the same time. <laughs> Mainly because it's like... <gasps> he's like throwing crap at you. No. He also voiced Ghost Mary Fire. Recently. <laughs> he voiced Ghost Rider? What? Yeah, in uh, a couple of the video games. The Marvel vs. Capcom games, Christopher Daniel Barnes voiced him, which was interesting seeing him fight Spider-Man. It was like, this is so wrong. <laughs> well, Christopher Daniel Barnes is a great Miguel O'Hara, also in uh, Edge of Time with Josh Keaton as Peter Parker. I, I liked that team-up. Uh, I liked uh, I liked Josh Keaton and Christopher Daniel Barnes when they teamed up in... Uh, uh, Shadow Dimensions, yeah, as, and he did a good job as the noir yeah. Spider-Man, which I, like I didn't think I was going to like that. <laughs> yeah, Dan Gavizian, um, Neil Patrick Harris, MPH. I didn't really like the show he was on, but yeah, yeah. So um, this episode, MPH also... has played like what three or four superheroes now? Yeah, I think so. He was also Nightwing and the Flash. Yeah. Which is always fun. Indeed. So let's move on to another longtime Spider-Man character who is making her debut in this episode, Liz Allen. And right now I wish for Tony were here. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Liz. I agree with Liz. Actually, I disagree with Liz in this episode. Oh, you do? But, yeah, the way, well, the way she started the episode, That's man. true. That's true. She was... And ended the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But she's got places to go now. She'll grow up a bit. <laughs> but I like the reimagining of hers as as Hispanic. I think she's Puerto Rican American. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. I mean, it's different. I know some people have a problem with that, and I get that. But I mean, we already have a blo- we already have a blonde haired, blue eyed. When yeah. had two major love interests for Peter look that much alike and would have been a little bit weird. I mean, that's why I don't mind Sally Avril being blonde-haired, blue-eyed. But I think she had black hair in the comics. Well, she did. Yeah, it's, but At the very least, it helps differentiate the cast. Yeah. Which I'm all for. Yeah, me too. But it was nice to see her, and it's also nice to see the Connors, but we'll talk more about the Connors family in a bit. Right, next next time. And um let's see. Is there what else do we like about this episode? Well, I liked the I uh, like Eddie Brock. Fact, yeah, I liked Eddie Brock and I liked uh I liked how um the relationship with the Connors and Gwen is. Yeah. I thought that was fun, which is which is nice to have. Um and I liked, I liked the fight scene. And uh, that you was know, a great fight scene. All the fights were great, but that was a really good one. 
Uh, my favorite line from the show, with, uh, from this episode, was, uh, man, I'm so grounded, which I wish I could be that right now. That was cool. Yep. That made me laugh. Yeah, I liked a lot of the lines. I like uh, Mr. Warren's, I don't think you understand. We want your grade to go up. Yeah. I also like the lightning butt bit. What did you call me? Lightning butt. <laughs> Part of me almost wonders if he would have actually called himself Lightning Butt if the name Electro wasn't mentioned. <laughs> Probably <Yeah>. not. But <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and hey, we've got Stan Carter being a jerk. Of course, because that's what that's what Stan Carter does. Yeah, then he'll find Jesus and go on a killing spree. That's not. It's not. It's not because he found Jesus. He went on his killing spree. Let's. let's, let's <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. No offense to anyone. The views and opinions. Of, no, no, I'm kidding. I tell my view and opinion, but I just thought it'd be a good one-liner. <laughs> yeah. And um, and like I had already said, I thought that incident with the phone call from Aunt May was the sort of thing that can only happen to him. And and I like that. As Greg mentioned, the impact of cell phones. I mean, the Bugle put out a contest to take pictures of Spider-Man, and every one of the camera phones trying to grab a picture of him. Yeah, I didn't like that. That's, uh, a, that's an updating that you wouldn't see otherwise. Yeah. Absolutely, and I I, I found it I found it really cool to uh, that he he did that. that yeah, I, I just. I, I just like this show. I mean, it's, I, I can't really articulate it well enough. I don't think it's a terrific show. The I mean, the animation was stunning. The and it's it, it's I appreciate it even more now that I have it on Blu-ray. Yeah, it looks terrific. I mean, I love watching it again. I mean, because I've watched this show a lot, but putting in the, putting the Blu-ray on and watching it on my HD TV, it was like, wow, this really looks good. And I don't even have a 720 HD. I, mean, I can't wait to get a 1080 and really watch it. Yeah, I've got a 1080. Uh, it's awesome. I bet. Now, I've got a question for you guys. Yeah? A lot of Electro stories either use the insulated costume, the insulated web shooter mitts, some ty- that type of trope. Are you glad that that wasn't used here? Well, he put out an insulated because glove. Because I was. One, I know, he put out an insulated glove at one point, but one of the things I do like, and we'll see in coming episodes, is that... The villains aren't always defeated in the obvious ways that they are in the comics. We'll see that again in Natural Selection coming up soon, but he didn't just... That's, that's exactly what I thought when watching it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. So we'll um, see... I mean, we didn't see Peter web up his hands and just knock Electro senseless. And they can punch on this show. They do punch on this show, but... <laughs> granted, Duncan... That's nice! <laughs> and granted... granted Duncan Electro and water is a way to do it, and I like the way they did it here. The although I feel bad for reference to clean I up. I like that it was something different. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean the, you you talk about the insulated costume. We've 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 I've discussed this on other shows about what is an iconic storyline with Electro, and Electro is one of those one of those villains. He's never been. He's been. It's been kind of like there's the two best stories I can think of are Light the Night by Demetrius. Yeah, and I loved that storyline with Steve Scarrosa and Tom DeFalco, where he 
throws throws himself in the electric chair and gets electrocuted so he gets powers back. Uh, I thought that was a great storyline, and he kicked the living crap and made Spider-Man beg for his life. Yeah, but neither of those stories are, are what I would call iconic. Um, no, I think his first appearance is probably the most iconic of, the, of those. Yeah. I, I still think that those two are probably his best stories. Agreed. I mean, Dan Slott's trying to do an electro story right now, and all things considered, I wish him luck. We'll see what he does, but I'm, I mean, I'm sure I like it better than Electro in the movie. Dude, the 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 Electro in the movie was just awful. Yeah, it was. Should, I mean, you could have removed him from that movie, and the story would have been exactly the same. Because that story was Peter, Gwen, and Harry. Absolutely, and that's and, not fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was. That's not what they marketed the story as. And if they had marketed it more, you wouldn't have felt gypped. Uh huh. And because I think there's a lot of people that felt gypped. Yeah, and I feel if you're going to do a movie with the death of Gwen Stacy, that has to be the centerpiece of your movie, and it was just another plot point in this one. <laughs> Yeah, um, that was the inherent failure of it. It should have been number three. Yeah, it should have. Um, they should have set up Harry and build build the relationship in this movie. You know, have Gwen be in the background. Have Gwen help defeat Electro. Make her useful, which she did do. But it, it, yeah, um, which I liked. But I I did like that. I I like the fact that she wasn't like just the damsel in distress. That she was trying to actually be make herself useful. Yeah. Now whether or not the making herself useful was believable, that's two completely different things. But um, but I, I like to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, well, the the next movie is going to be a hard ass sell. Yeah, I mean I have issues with this movie, but Peter but Peter and Gwen's relationship is not one of them. I think those two have so much chemistry on screen, and before we get into this, because I know this always invites debate and flame wars, I mean, I've known there's a lot of, you're either a Rimey fan or you're a Mark Webb fan, and I'll be honest, I don't particularly love any of these movies, because, I mean, I'm going to get into this in a second, but I think if you mush, I think Webb's strengths are Rimey's weaknesses, and vice versa, Rimey's strengths are Webb's weaknesses, you mush them together, and you probably have the perfect Spider-Man movie, I mean... I definitely. I thought you did a really great job with um, the seeing the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Oh yeah, agreed. I listened to you guys talk about that on Crawl Space, and you and Jr. and everybody, you were on the money about that. I mean, I loved seeing that, and um, and I like I said, I buy the chemistry between these two. I did not buy it between McGuire and Dunst. They did not have any chemistry. The first one, the first, the first one I bought. Well, yeah, they were having the second one. I think when when. By the time of the second was, one, they were both collecting the paycheck. Um, I wouldn't say that. I would say that more with the third one. I, I, I thought the script was weakest in the third one. The second one is still a phenomenal movie. It is. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a phenomenal movie because of Dun, Dunstan and McGuire. Yeah. It was a phenomenal movie because of everything around them. Yes. They were good, if not great in that movie. They did what was required of them. I thought the script was probably the weakest with the Peter Parker, Mary Jane moments. Yeah. But, um... I thought the end was great, except for <laughs> the fact that totally, you know, she ditches her wedding, uh, her own wedding. That that's just not cool. But um, mm-hmm. although it had a really great, 
I love. I, I still can see J.K. Simmons like peek his head around in the camera. Tell her not to open the caviar. Honey, tell her not to open the caviar. Yeah, I mean, JK and the Simmons. look of J.K. Simmons is is J. Jonah Jameson. Agreed, agreed. But they should just Judy Dench the guy, the guy for. Oh yeah, totally. But what I guess what it comes down to is that Mary Jane is one of my favorite characters in all of comics, and outside the first movie. I did not like Dunstan's Mary Jane, and to this day, I'm still not entirely sure why. What it is about the character that didn't quite work for me, whereas because it's not Mary Jane, it's a Mary Jane Ultimate Gwen clone. That's also or, true. that's also true. Whereas, whereas Gwen yeah. in the comics, I don't particularly care for Gwen in the comics. She the only thing she did of any significance really was die. Whereas I loved Gwen. That's why Jerry Conway killed her. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Gwen and. The movies by Emma Stone was great, and seeing it back into the show, we're supposed to be talking about Gwen in this TV show. Gwen is really great in this show, <laughs> yeah, she I is. have to say. She uh, is. There's that one moment you see. Shabir is, is fantastic yeah. in the role. And there's that um, one moment where um, she basically, you can see her kind of giving Peter the look as soon as she and he and Liz start developing chemistry together while they're looking at the eels, and Eddie's like, whoa, I think that was the moment Eddie realized Gwen's crushing on Peter. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a significant development because we haven't we've kind of seen that oh I'm your best friend um, vibe from her, and which is which is perfectly legit except for the fact that yeah, and I like the fact that this Gwen is nerdy. That I mean, sense. we really had we hadn't seen that with yes, we had that throw. You know, I I know I, I wish I'd jot for Tony here to debate this because he he has done a series of articles with Gwen. Analyzing almost to a T. We'll have them on eventually. But um, you know, she's never really she's portrayed as smart, but never a nerd. So this yeah. is a complete. This is this this adds so many layers to the character, and this is something that Greg was talking about. What are the, what were they like in high school and bringing that whole that whole universe together? So yeah. I'm very 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 happy with the way they've done everything. I mean, this is the probably the of of the overall canon, this is probably the best thing you could ask for. Yeah, and I can buy into Gwen having her position at the Connors lab, but in the movies, and this is just a minor criticism, I can't really buy her having that kind of access at Oscorp as a high school student. Yeah. I could start making some jokes about Norman Osborn, <laughs> but I'm choosing not to. <laughs> Yeah, we'll make jokes about Norman Osborn as this series goes on. He returns in episode four. Yeah. He does. Yeah, and, and we'll see another moment I liked was when Peter gets mad that JJ's offering a reward for pictures of Spider-Man. He's like, hey, that was my idea. And Harry says to take pictures of someone famous. Yeah, revolutionary. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm going to go take pictures of Barack Obama. Maybe they'll pay me for that. Yeah. But overall, I really like the episode, and I really like this depiction of Electro, and let's go around the panel for grades. Jesse goes first. Sorry, I had to unmute. <laughs> uh, okay. I would say the... Uh, I'd give it a solid B+. Plus. B+. Plus. Greg? I yeah. give no, it... That's, not, that's nothing to do against the... You just want to save your A's for later. Yeah, I understand. I get that. I mean, I give it an A-. It's not the most exciting episode of the series by far. In fact, these first three episodes are actually not the most exciting episodes of the series by far, which 
and considering how good they are, that tells you how good the series is really going to get. So, I'll, but I give it an A minus. I mean, I like I, this version of Liz. I like this version of Electro, and I love that Doctor Connors is injecting himself with dangerous substances that he has no idea what they what they will do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what, I'm going to give this a B, B plus too. I, I, I didn't want to. I, I gave the last one an A minus because of how much it stuffed in the episode. This one didn't stuff as much in the episode, and it was more of a normal episode. Yeah, but. It wasn't the greatest episode, and it's not because it's it's because, um, I mean, there's stuff I enjoyed. I enjoyed the coffee scene and stuff like that, yeah. but I wasn't in love with it. Does that make sense? And if I'm going to give something an A on this show, I have to be in love with it. Now, there's going to be a lot of A's given out in the show, yeah, so so I'm trying to yeah. Once we get further along, then then yeah. Uh, but I definitely definitely like the show and. And uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap this up with a bow, Greg. What do you say? Sounds good to me. Um, tune in next time so where we talk about natural selection and the lizard. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to be excited. on the show, if you want to be on the show by, I don't know, writing us a voicemail, or writing us a voicemail, by writing us an email at spectacularradio at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631 that's the that is the voicemail line for all of the spidey-dude.com network so leave us a voicemail give us your thoughts whether it be to Greg Bishansky or Greg Weisman maybe hey hey maybe I don't know oh he will you send, us a, send us a voicemail we'll play it on the show so with that we'll see you next time here on The Spectacular Radio. None of you get it without a cure. I'm not Max Dillon! I'm... What'd you call me? Lightning Butt? No, not that!